ESPN Radio. It is ESPN Radio. Peter Burns, KT George, uh, the what, like third longest tenured host uh, ever in the history of ESPN Radio, at least at this point, filling in today uh, right there for Mr. Chris Canty. As always, you can hit us up on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN at Katie underscore George 05. I don't care that there's no college football playoff expansion happening. I don't care that Major League Baseball decides they're going to meet for like eight minutes a day before they just flip each other the middle finger and say, yeah, we'll meet again tomorrow. I don't care that the PGA Tour may be kind of unraveling in front of us. Nothing's going to break me down today, Katie George. The fact that I get to work with you, I've been off uh, on radio for a whole week I'm in a good mood today. Not, nothing, nothing's going to stop that. Fine. I have to be honest. I was not going to be surprised in the slightest if you texted me late last night or even this morning and said, hey, sorry, we decided to spend a couple extra days in Hawaii. Yeah. I'm not going to make it back in time for the Friday show. But uh, alas, I'm glad to see you tanned, bronzed, and beautiful. Um, well, thank you. That's uh, not way I, I would have probably uh, suggested or at least described myself, but I do appreciate that. Although you do see whenever you don't uh, shave for like a week, every single time now, it just gets grayer and grayer. And I think that's uh, basically I feel like if I'm part of uh, college football <laughs> right now. Uh, and so let's start with it. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. College football playoff, big news coming in uh, earlier today, that it's going to remain at four teams until the 12-year contract expires after the 2025 season. I joked that I wasn't in a bad mood because I did. Even though I knew this was coming, Katie, as just a college sports fan, really not even a college football fan, just as a sports fan in general, I like it when you get more teams involved, right? Anytime that we can see the playoffs increase, we saw a little bit in the NFL, we've seen it uh, in the NBA and playing games, it's something different, right? It's a new angle on a sport that we love. And so in the college football playoff expansion, you know, the whole committee came through about a year and a half ago, or really about a year ago, and said, listen, this is what we're going to lo- look at. We're going to look at a 12-team playoff. Katie, refresh my memory. When it went to 12 teams and it was kind of announced that this is what we was looking at by the expansion group, what what did people say about that in, entire deal? They liked it, right? Everybody was excited. It was just, yeah. can we get all 10 FBS commissioners on board as well as the Notre Dame athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, on board? If they unanimously could agree to it, we would expand to 12. And then you heard from there possibly an eight-team expansion because some people were then hedging on 12. So the initial response, though, at least from the public standpoint and from fan standpoint, was the more the merrier. Made sense, right? Okay, we're going to expand. We're going to give more teams an opportunity. Now, again, there's a difference between more teams could actually win the college football playoff, right? That's a completely different discussion where there's how many teams got invited. But overall, top to bottom, in the media, the fans, coaches, players, they're like, hell yes, this is what we want. Let's do it, okay? Let's work towards that. They said, all right, this is the first step. It kind of got leaked, but let's let's put all this stuff together. Then Texas and Oklahoma decide they don't want to be a part of the Big 12 any longer. They decide to make a phone call to the SEC. Boom, that happens in the middle of SEC media days. And all of a sudden, everybody decides, well, all right, hold up. I don't like what's going on. Let's pause for a second. And what this has happened now is a permanent pause, okay? In essence, we're going to stop meeting. We're going to stop having these conversations anymore we don't believe you, the college football fan, really need a college football playoff expansion. In essence, that's what a couple of the leagues are saying. 
right? A couple of the leagues are saying, well, it's not I, – I, I know I want you to expand the college football playoff, Katie, but you're not expanding it the way that I wanted to. Or I, I wasn't a part of the discussion, so we're not going to expand it that way. I think there's – some that believe that, that they want it their way or the highway, and that's why they won't agree to expand right now. Mm. But I also think that there are some entities and some conferences that feel like the focus needs to be elsewhere. That, yes, expansion is a good opportunity, but it's not our focal point, and it doesn't have to happen right now. I mean, when you look at the holistic perspective of the college football landscape, a lot of these conferences and people who are decision makers, they want to know about Name, image, and likeness. They don't feel like that's in a great place, so they'd rather focus on getting a structure there that everybody can abide by moving forward. I don't know how you feel about the transfer portal, but when you talk to these head coaches, they hate where the transfer portal is right now, and they feel like that needs to be reorganized and restructured. Then the NCAA governance structure is all up in the air, and we don't know what that's going to look like moving forward. So I think when you look at somebody like ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips, who's new on the job, He polled and talked to all of the coaches and different ADs, presidents, chancellors within the conference, and he's the first one that really came out against moving forward with expansion, at least as of this past January, where you saw some of the comments of, we've got other focuses right now that we need to shore up and figure out what we're doing before we shift our focus to expansion, where there's others who don't agree with that logic moving forward. I was going to say, how much of that, Katie George, Peter Burns here on ESPN Radio, how much of that do we actually believe, right? Like, I mean, again, that, that's, that, I, I think that if a vote was being held, and there's 11 different power brokers, right, when you include the five Power of Five conferences, you talk about the actual five, group of five conferences, which are the smaller ones, and Notre Dame, right, who gets their special independent seat at the table. If you took a vote on what was, you know, looked at as the 12-team playoff, we won't have automatic qualifiers, um, it'll be the highest-ranked conference champions, there's a little nuance in the words, it would have been a vote to 8-3, to three, Right. Probably it would have been the Big Ten, it would have been the ACC, and the Pac-12. The quote-unquote alliance would have been the three conference members or the three conferences that decided that they didn't want it, right? So therein lies the issue because this whole day when I saw this news, Katie, you and I were kind of going back and forth about, all right, well, who, who's really to blame here? Okay, like who, who is – is there anybody at fault? Well, it was interesting <laughs> that the question was posed to Greg Sankey after the announcement of – you know, what was the major obstacle that you guys couldn't get past? And that's why mm-hmm. we're not voting to expand today. And he said, you know, you need to get other people's opinions on that because it wasn't the Southeastern Conference. We were ready to expand. And, you know, I mentioned the ACC. Jim Phillips has come out and he's mentioned, you know, various reasons as to why he doesn't feel like their conference is ready to move forward. You know, you look at the Pac-12. One of the obstacles for them was the inability to appease the Pac-12's relationship with the Rose Bowl. They want to cling to that traditional date and time along with media rights. Obviously, there's been disagreements about revenue distribution and whether the Power Five Conference champions should receive automatic bids to an expanded playoff. Mm -hmm. That's something that's staunchly been defended and supported by the Big Ten, but that's not a majority you know, in the room. So there's, there's other reasons and there's clearly a lot of obstacles and they can't get on the same page. I'm curious when this was all decided upon way back when, why it needed to be unanimous Mm. by all 10 FBS commissioners and Notre Dame's Jack Swarbrick. 
you mentioned possibly a majority or two-thirds votes. Uh, Unanimous feels like it's going to be very difficult to achieve, even if they were able to tick off some of these other obstacles that I just mentioned. It's a great point. And I think the reason why they had it unanimous is that they didn't want to get to a point, whether it's television partners, whether it's the college football playoff, whether it's the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl and all these other locations. I think everybody looked at it and go, all right, we're going down this road. Absolutely. All right, we're going down this road until 2026. Absolutely. Okay. All right, if we're going to do that, The only way that we're going to change our minds on this long contract is if we're going to make a change, everybody's in agreement. Cool? And everybody's in this honeymoon phase back in the day. We're like, yeah, man, hey, we got a four-team playoff. This is great. Like, everybody gets a little bit more rather than the old BCS system. So in this honeymoon situation, they said, this is great. Let's go ahead and make it unanimous. Well, let me tell you what, Katie, that will never happen again. Absolutely never happen again. And that's the reason why right now that we don't have an expanded college football playoff. That's why you listening to us on ESPN radio for two more years outside of of 25 and 26 now will be looking at going, I can't wait for the college football playoff to expand because of that word unanimous. That if it was majority rules, hell, if it was majority rules at this point, Katie, we'd have a college football playoff expansion as early as next year. Okay. We would. That wasn't the case. For starters, let's just quantify this in terms of revenue, what the the commissioners and Jack Swarbrick are foregoing at this moment. They forfeited roughly $450 million in potential revenue had they expanded. Now, we can discuss the pros and cons of expanding if you would like, and I know sometimes you and I butt heads on this, but expansion, yes, checks every box in terms of entertainment. More people get a seat at the table. And I think some of the quarterfinal battles at home sites would be unbelievable atmospheres oh. and great games. Ole but Miss I don't... going up to Columbus, Ohio, and playing – well, they said they want to actually play in an indoor stadium, which is <laughs> idiotic to me. But sign me up for that. It doesn't solve the bigger question of, yes, more people get a seat at the table. But I still think you see, once it gets down to four teams, there are going to be very lopsided semifinals, and there's only a handful, maybe two teams, maybe even one team that's above and beyond better than everybody else. It's what we've continued to see year after year after year once the CFP was initially created for the 2014-15 season. I mean, you watch those semifinals. They were snoozers. They were so boring. I mean, Cincinnati right. finally gets there, and, and they put up a good fight, but clearly outmatched. Michigan finally makes it to the CFP. Unbelievably outmatched. And that's maybe the best shot they're ever going to get at winning a national title. So, mm-hmm. yes, it would be very entertaining, and more people would get to say, yes, we were able to contend and play for a national title, which says something. And more people stay invested in their regular seasons for longer because it doesn't just come down to, oh, if we lose, we're out, and we're out of contention. But but also, Katie George, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of saying for these conferences, like the Pac-12, right, like the ACC that, that are struggling to put that many contenders together, even to the Big Ten to a certain extent because they have missed the college football playoff once, once before in a four-team um, playoff situation, whereas – what is two more years of potentially not having a team in? How much is that going to hurt? Especially when you have the transfer portal and you can immediately transfer. Right now, at this point, all you're going to do is expedite. You're, you're giving the SEC an even bigger lead for two more years. Right, All of college football is giving the SEC another two more years 
that they could potentially do what they've done this last decade, right? Which is dominate. I mean, like the SEC did not, by any means, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, who is part of this expansion policy, could have come in, come in and said, you know what, I don't want to be a part of this. We're fine the way it is. He said, no, I'm going to sit at the table. What's best for the sport yeah, of college football? Yeah, because more SEC teams are going to make it in. <laughs> Listen, it's it's better for the SEC. Yes, if they deserve it. To win. Yeah, and and teams do. There are more than two teams from the SEC that likely deserve it if you expand to eight or 12 teams. But all that we talk about time and time again is we just want new players. We want new people involved. I mean, how tired do we get of constantly seeing Clemson and Alabama being two teams constantly in the final four? Ohio State in that in that in that mix as well. Yes. We got that this year, though. We finally saw some new blood being Michigan and Cincinnati, and still it didn't and change the results. And even Georgia, to a certain extent, who hadn't been there since 2015 or 2017. Exactly, right? exactly. So you finally saw new faces, and that's essentially what people were fighting for. Why do you have to expand to 12 when ultimately it's – is it really going to finally change what's happening, the inevitable? Because I mean, guess who's what? catching Bama? Who's it, catching it, it, Georgia right now? Well, right now, well, George, I was going to say, is the one to do it. But if, you, if you're going to continue to have this country club atmosphere where you're only going to be allowing four teams, five teams, six teams to be kind of in that contention every single year just to make the playoffs, at that point, you think the transfer portal is full now. Just wait until you see it in 2024, 25, and you're like, listen, man, I'm, I'm a great player. I'm really good at the University of Minnesota. Or I'm, I'm fantastic over but at University of Virginia. Title. But guess what? You know what? When I go to practice, I don't have scouts looking, right? I don't have major, uh, NFL scouts. An NFL scout's going to come to an Alabama practice or a Georgia practice or an Ohio State practice because guess what? They can scout 20 different guys that they go to those games. And oh, by the way, I kind of want to win a title. Winning is fun. That, that, to me, was the biggest issue. And, and these coaches that have come out and said, well, you know, we got to fix the transfer uh, portal and this is a big issue, this would have been a perfect way to do such a thing because now you're telling, hey, listen, there's 30-some-odd other universities, maybe 40 universities to be like, hey, listen, I know Alabama and Georgia and, and Ohio State and Clemson, those guys might be, always be there, but now you can be. You can put something special together. You don't have to transfer out to make that happen. And it's a good point, and it's something that Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Conference, kind of insinuated today. He said, look, like I understand there's other commissioners who are worried about the transfer portal, who are worried about name, image, and likeness, but that's not like we're going to solve those issues in 15 months. We're still going to be working through these and trying to navigate all of the newness that has been dumped on college football and college athletics in the last year. You're just putting off the inevitable, which is – going to be expansion. We either expand now or we're going to expand in two years, but are we really bettering the current landscape? Because you're not going to be able to solve these problems overnight, and it's a very and, good point. And keep in mind why Mike Oresco and Group of Five Commissioners are so outgoing and talking about this is because they have a seat at the table right now. As long as it's a unanimous decision, they have a seat at the table. What they're worried about is that if it ends up being majority rules, they will no longer have much of a say right down the road. And worst-case scenario, if all of a sudden the Pac-12 and this alliance and the ACC and these in the Big Ten get together and say, you know what, why do we even have the group of five? Yeah, it's going to be a bad look, but how much more money are we going to be able to split for our conferences to be able to compete with the Big Ten, to be able to compete with the SEC if we just kick out Conference USA and kick out all these other power five or group of five conferences? 
that's something to worry about as well. Quick phone call in here with Peter Burns and Katie George, 888-729-3776. Daniel is in Nebraska. Thanks for joining us here on ESPN Radio. What's up, Daniel? Hey, how's it going? I was going to say I definitely think they should expand because I think these college athletes now are are realizing – there's only five or six teams that are really getting to the playoffs on a regular basis. I know we had some outliers this year, but that's not common, you know. And I feel like if we ever want to have true parity in college football, more teams have to have a feeling that they have a legit chance of going. If you put it to 12, the people can say, well, maybe my school can make it now that there's 12 and stuff. But right now, if you're not in Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, you know, maybe another SEC team revolving through those teams, you really don't have too much of a chance to make it. I just want to see college football better and better parity, so they need to expand soon. It's a great point, Daniel, and we appreciate the call. And if a team is able to make it as one of the final 12 left standing and they compete for a national title, no matter if they get knocked out in one of the early rounds, Pete, think what that does from a recruiting standpoint. Oh. Okay, they got to vie for a national title. So now that opens up a whole other world of recruitment, continues to bring people in so that you can further your program and then do better possibly the next year when you make it back to the college football playoffs. And, and that could help group of fives become better and be able to contend at a better rate against some of these FBS schools that we see, power five schools that we see. It's about getting an opportunity. You know why the NFL is king right now is because the NFL is a parody league, right? It seems like everybody kind of is in that. You can be 10 and 7 and make it to the Super Bowl. This 8 and 8 world, 10 and 7, you can win a Super Bowl. I mean, we've seen this, right? Go back to even the the Joe Flacco and the Ravens for a couple of years getting it done as a wild card. We've seen that in in hockey. But the the reason for the NFL is because everybody feels like they have a chance, right? Mm -hmm. In college football, it is a country club, okay? It's a fun country club if you're if you're inside. If you're out, you don't like you don't feel like you have that opportunity. Okay? And I'm watching what's happening in Major League Baseball for a completely different reason because it's lockout. And I go, you know what? Major League Baseball has become a regionalized sport. It's no longer national pastime because people just don't have that feel, that love about it as far as nationally as we did maybe back, going back from pre-strike like in the mid-90s, even before that. Right? I'm worried that the sport of college football, when at its best, is when USC is good, when, when Oregon mm-hmm. is good, when you've got Florida State that's solid, when Virginia Tech is good, when it's a national sport. And what happens is the ACC, the Big Ten, this alliance, this Pac-12, all have their reasons that they're saying, hey, you know what? For another two years, we're fine with status quo, and the status quo is going to absolutely nip them in the bud. Uh, all right, coming up, a lot more. Katie George, follow her on Twitter at Katie underscore George 05. Myself at Peter Burns ESPN. You can always give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll talk about also coming up what the Lakers' outlook looks like for the regular of the or remaining part of that regular season. And Anthony Davis going to be traded? ESPN Radio. Peter Burns, Katie George, and on ESPN Radio, the show always presented by Progressive Insurance. Follow us on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN at Katie underscore George 05. By the way, uh, news coming out uh, breaking a couple of minutes ago is that Major League Baseball sent out one of those like, um, you know, like when your iPhone, you have the notes. It kind of felt like one of those you know, tweets where you see somebody using the actual iPhone notes. and You're like, nothing good is going to happen. So when I saw that, I'm like, OK, what are they going to say? They're like, despite working so hard, guys. 
there's no way that we can start uh, spring training until March 5th. That's how I like to think the Major League Baseball um, owners talk in their text and, and that kind of tone. Uh, basically saying, listen, we've had these meetings because of collective bargaining agreements. There's not a single way that we can start spring training until March 5th. Remember, February the 28th is the last day for them to actually start the season on time. And I don't think that that's going to happen, nor do I think it matters. We'll explain that coming up a little bit later. But what we have been talking about is the inexplicable decision made by some conference commissioners and presidents to not expand the college football playoff, despite, I would say, 95% of fans wanting a Mm -hmm. conference expansion. What say you? 888-SAY-ESPN is the number. That's 888-729-3776. Garrett is in North Carolina. Thanks for joining Peter Burns and Katie George here on ESPN Radio. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Appreciate you taking the call. Um, I kind of agree that it shouldn't get expanded. I mean, I don't think it should get expanded to 12 teams. I think if they would have tried to go from like a 6 to 8 number, we had a better chance of getting that through. I just think that the landscape is not competitive enough for good football at a 12-team playoff. We just saw the NFL get expanded, and a lot of those wild card games were, you know, not really playoff worthy in my honest opinion. And, um, you know, Peter, I, I kind of tuned in when you were talking about players getting noticed. I understand the desire to go and win a national championship, but when it comes to, you know, NFL scouts, I think these kids are getting noticed in high school, you know, and, and where they're going. And we saw Carson Wentz go in the top five out of you know, South Dakota. So I don't think that's really as much of an issue as it is just the landscape. And, and I'll leave it at this. I mean, my only really thought is I would – I don't really have a dog in the fight when it comes to college football, so I don't really care. But if I was a Bama fan and I saw, you know, Mac Jones blow his ACL in a, in a meaningless – you know, playoff game against a team that they were going to blow out no matter what. It'd be pretty frustrating to see. Um, I'll leave it at that and, and listen to your comments off the air. I appreciate it. Garrett, I, I appreciate it. I don't – I think it's an oxymoron if you talk about meaningless playoff game, right, Katie? Because, I mean, as far as if you're in the playoffs, you're at least in the hunt. So I disagree a little bit with Garrett. But he does bring up a point going, all right, is this going to change who actually wins it? And that's something you have said from the get-go. You and I have gone blow for blow over on our, our normal show on Sunday mornings, Best Week Ever, about, hey, is this all window dressing? Is it really going to, quote-unquote, change the sport? And that's where you and I disagree. And I don't think we disagree because I have always been in favor of expansion, but I understand those who want to stay at four. And what Garrett had kind of just alluded to at the top of his call was, you know, there's not enough competition with these teams being equals when they go out onto the playing field already. And we only have four. So if you expand to 12, you know, are we going to see more games that are one-sided moving? I I think the beginning games of a 12-team expansion would be really good, like the quarterfinals, right, when you have a couple teams waiting in the wings on their buys. I think those quarterfinal games would be evenly matched and very, very exciting and great. I think it's the games in between, like the semifinals, that would continue to be one-sided. But unless you expand, 
I don't think you bridge the gap in terms of parity, right? If you expand, that helps with recruiting. I truly do believe that because it puts more of these schools and programs on the map and makes mm-hmm. them more of a viable option, right? It opens up Pandora's box in terms of where a recruit would want to go because right now they're so focused on where can I go to win a national title? Well, that's only a handful of programs right now. But if you open it up and allow more people to come to the table, then I think you see maybe some wild cards go to different places, right? Because then they think they can win there because they just saw them be one of the 12 that vied for a national title the year before. And then maybe that's where you bridge the gap and you see more competition equally across the playing field of those 12 teams. But unless you expand, I think we continue on this road of the rich, the rich getting, getting richer. richer. Right. Right. And I mean, that's that's the reason why the SEC sits there and goes, well, maybe you know what? Maybe when it comes to expansion, maybe we just won't change it. It works pretty good for us. Right. We're going to win no matter what the format is. We've shown that we're the only conference that have had two, uh, you know, all SEC national championship games like you tell us we were willing to listen to you. You want an expansion. We brought you an expansion. And now you're saying you don't like how the meal is cooked, basically. I I don't think and Garrett used Alabama, which is a great example. You know, do they want to play in more games and, and, and risk possibly losing? I don't think teams like Alabama care who they play, how many games they have to play to get to a national title because they know they're good enough to be able to do so time and time again. But you do bring up an interesting point is where do the players land on this, right? You and I have discussed this many times, right? I mean, well, there's, no. there's labor dispute right now happening between Major League Baseball and Major League owners, right? The owners say, sure. we make this amount of money. We need to make more. The players are like, we already gave you a boatload of money. We want to play. Don't lock us out. You don't even have to lock us out right now. Let us go to spring training. The Major League Baseball owners are like, no, 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 okay? But at least the players have a voice, right? They have some type of union, College athletes have more of a voice than they've ever had. Now, they can they can talk about it between societal issues. They can talk about it with name, image, and likeness in the transfer portal situation. But, but Katie, when it comes down to it, they don't necessarily have a voice when it comes to how their, their, their sport is really truly governed when it comes to declaring who a national championship is. No, they don't. And, and student-athletes are – at their most powerful at this given moment. And I think that's only going to continue to move in the right direction as you see name, image, and likeness continue to blow up. I think we're moving and heading in a direction of having a union for student-athletes, like you see the MLBPA, the NFLPA, and beyond in the professional leagues. Now, when will we get there? That's a big question. But they don't have a seat at the table. And you wonder if coaches polled their teams and then they give that information to the commissioners and then the commissioner takes all the polls. I heard Mac Brown had done that, but he even came out after the fact in North Carolina, a team that's always on the fringe, maybe in and out of the top 25, not really in consideration. They made it to an Orange Bowl two seasons ago. So Mm -hmm. maybe on the outside looking in, if you will, but far outside looking in of making the CFP. He said, you know, we didn't have all the information when I asked the guys. And so by not having all the information and the facts of what it would actually look like at that point in time, you know, guys were against it. But, you know, I was at ACC Media Days this past football season. I was in the room as Andrea Adelson and others were asking, would you be in favor of an expanded playoffs? There was a mixed bag of yes and no's. And so I'd just be curious, the people that would actually be doing the work and playing in more games and wanting a shot and a seat at the table, what do they think? And I'd be curious to know if these commissioners actually polled and talked to the student-athletes and didn't just rely on the commissioners, the presidents, the chancellors, the ADs. 
If you asked that five years ago, I would say, well, there might be some players that say they don't want to be a part of it, and I get it. You know, some guys might just say, listen, I want less wear and tear on my body because I want to go to the NFL. I'm just using. Yeah, but you're playing 17 games now in the NFL. But I think in the this new world of name, image, and likeness, where players can actually cash in on their name, image, and likeness, I think mm-hmm. they're like, hell yeah, buddy, sign me up, because that's more of a spotlight and more of a way that I can build a brand. Ryan is in Alabama. Thanks for joining Peter Burns and Katie George here on ESPN Radio. What's up, Ryan? Hey, y'all. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, as far as expansion goes, I think it's really going to change the sport. Uh, the definition of a national title in college football is going to completely change. It's going to look a lot more like match bar- uh, match madness tournament, where the hottest team is, could potentially go on a run to take the championship. It'll slightly dilute the regular season because if you have one bad game right now, there's a good chance you're not going to make the playoffs. Now, if you have one bad game, you get into the playoffs and you can make that run. Uh, I just think it's really going to change the definition of what college football currently strives for in the national title. Ryan, I'm glad you brought that up because I was for the lifer. I was a, I will die on this hill. It should stay at four for the longest time. And, and I changed, Katie. I know how stubborn I am, but I actually changed. And the reason why I changed is because of the pandemic. And, and the w- w- reason why that is I saw University of Charlotte and Will Healy's team. I saw UT San Antonio. I saw how many of these teams bust their rear right behind the scenes nobody talks about them on 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 espn radio nobody really talks about them on on game day but i saw how hard they worked and how much they wanted to play and i was like you know what these guys will never get a chance never no matter how good their team is they will never get that opportunity and i'm not sure if they will get it with 12 but i was like that's not that 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 has to change for the overall sport and that's that's one of the reasons why i changed to go expanding it a little bit more it's an interesting point that Ryan brings up because I've often thought of would it become more like March Madness where a Cinderella story could emerge, right? I don't foresee college football ever matching March Madness. I find it a lot easier for a basketball team to get hot and win consecutive games. You can't do that in college football. Uh, yes, you might be able to upset somebody for the first game, and maybe you go on a run like we saw the 49ers as a wild card team make a, a run in this year's playoffs. But I think it's much more difficult to get hot at the right time and make this massive run as a college football team as compared to college basketball. But agreed. At that point, they still don't have that opportunity. By the way, jumpstart the new year with Body Armor Light, the low-calorie sports drink hydrating your active lifestyle. Shop now at retailers nationwide. Peter Burns, Katie George, talk a little bit about AD and the Lakers in the NBA All-Star Weekend coming up here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Peter Burns, Katie George, don't you dare. Don't you dare do it, Katie. I know that you're trying to do I know you did your little wardle today. I have not done it. I yet. haven't done it. Oh, you haven't done it yet? No, in our next right. uh, big break. I'm going to try to see if I can get it done in a timely manner. Um, Are you hooked? I'm okay. I, I don't tweet about it. I haven't done the whole. You don't you know, need to tweet at Peter about Burns it. ESPN at Katie underscore George 05. I do feel like on the outside looking in, I'm the only person who gets it and does not put it out there at the results. Like, nothing's going to make me change of a person mine like rod manford the the major league baseball commissioner if he goes out there and he has something a wardle it's not going to change my mind right like like lebron tweets about it and nothing's going to change my mind it's like hearing about like i care about somebody's wardle results as much as i care about like what they shot and around a golf like the bad beat they had in poker or how they lost in fantasy football like it's it's up in those like 
I know you want to talk about it, but it brings very little value to me when I actually see it. So I'll just okay. I'll just uh, go sit in the corner and know that you're. Uh, but no, I'm excited. Like you listen, okay. You, I do like it because I use it every single morning as a way to kind of get the brain going. Right. That's all I'm. Which you certainly need that. So I'm (laughs) glad. Um, All right. The Lakers need to get going right now. I mean, we saw the news, of course, Anthony Davis out for at least four weeks. And right now we started looking at it going, oh, my goodness, what's happening right before the All-Star game? And and, and same thing that's happening right now with the Brooklyn Nets. Right, Katie? I mean, we've seen all kind of the chaos that's that's involved with, with the Nets for a bevy of different reasons. And, and people were kind of all like, what's happening with these teams? I'm like, don't you understand? Not that the NBA planned this, but this is the best situation for the NBA. It's like you want to have teams that are doing well, and you also want to have teams that, that are supposed to be great that end up being dumpster fires. And that's for – a couple different reasons. That's what been the Lakers have been. Even more so, it's exasperated with Anthony Davis being out for a, a while. Um, and, and a little bit, to a certain extent, the Nets, right? Because people will get you talking about it. I found this interesting. I wanted to play real quick. Take a listen. This is what Stephen A. Smith had to say over on First Take in his comments about Anthony Davis. The question that you have to ask is, do you do it? And that's not, bringing his, that's not bringing the legitimacy of his injuries in the question at all. But you do have to ask, do you maximize everything that you bring to the table from the standpoint of you being in peak condition and ready to go. There are people in the NBA that have repeatedly looked at Anthony Davis and not just his injuries. They've asked, is he in shape? Is he ready to go? Does he understand who he's playing with and how ready he needs to be in order for these Lakers to be relevant? And on far too many occasions, that question has repeatedly been asked. I don't definitively know the answer to it. Sometimes I look at him and I question his conditioning, KP, other times I look at him and I say, well, he's gotten bigger and he needed to because obviously you got people in the league who felt they could push him around and that just get physical with him and he'd crumble. And that was something that was some uh, that was a stigma he was trying to erase. So he might have just gotten bulky and he might not be as out of shape as people have accused him of. But it has been an accusation and an allegation that's been thrown in his direction. It's unfortunate because he was fragile, right? So he bulks up, he gains some weight because he doesn't want to play bullied down low. And then with being so big and at that stature, there are injuries that come with that and are associated with that. So now he's going to miss four weeks, okay, and then be reevaluated. He's already missed 17 straight games from late December to late January when he sprained that MCL in his left knee. And so he's not reliable, LeBron can't depend on him at this point in time. And, you know, when they traded for him, they sent a boatload, right, to be able to bring him to L.A., and they reap the benefits immediately. But since then, he hasn't been able to remain healthy to continue the level of success that the L.A. Lakers were expecting when they traded for him. Right, but the thing that I don't buy that Stephen A. Smith says, and it's kind of that not necessarily an allegation, but just saying, hey, is he ready? Listen, as long as you're going to compete with LeBron James, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that LeBron's going to be like, listen, this is the deal. I'm here for the for the championships. Okay, I got enough money. I could get money elsewhere. I could do other business adventure, adventures. I could do whatever. I'm here to win games. And if you're not here to do that, the exact thing, if it doesn't eat at you, if you don't have a passion, you need to get the hell out. And so that that's the only thing. But I think it is a little truthful that they're saying, all right, AD, put some more weight on, be a little bit stronger. And guess what? He's not able to carry that weight overall. And ultimately, that's the reason why they're a 7-8 seed right now. I still think they're fine because guess what? When it's showtime, 
Showtime shows up. Peter Burns, Katie George coming up. Major League Baseball, another huge announcement today. We'll tell you what it is next here on ESPN Radio.